August 14th is Air Force Day here in Taiwan. President Tsai Ing-wen headed to the Jiasan Air Base in Hualien to honor the dedication and sacrifices of pilots. Speaking at the base, she highlighted the defense reforms she enacted in office. She emphasized that she would continue to stand as one with the armed forces. After I took office in 2016, my first military visit was to this base here. Jiashan Base is the most important stronghold of Taiwan's combat power. Seven years have passed, and I see that you have continued to maintain high standards. Over the past few years, we have pushed for defense autonomy and homegrown aircraft, and we have tangible results. Last year on National Day, the Brave Eagle Advanced Jet Trainer soared in the skies before this nation's people. We have also improved the performance of the F-16 to strengthen our air combat capabilities. The president stressed the importance of Jiashan base to the nation's air defense. She thanked the troops for keeping Taiwan safe, emphasizing that the Air Force would continue to have her full support. Turning now to Vice President Lai Ching-de's state trip, the vice president has landed in Paraguay after a low-profile transit through New York. Washington-based think tank scholar Bonnie Glazer says the stopover was deliberately kept low-key as a result of consultations between the U.S. and Taiwanese governments. Both sides felt a quiet transit would be beneficial due to factors including Taiwan's upcoming election and the potential participation of Xi Jinping at the APEC summit. Vice President Lai Qingde is welcomed by Taiwanese expats as he arrives at a banquet with nearly 70 tables. Joining the event were representative to the U.S. Xiaobit Kim and AIT Managing Director Ingrid Larson. AIT Chair Laura Rosenberger, who was attending a family wedding, greeted Lai in a pre-recorded speech. Despite the complexities of the international situation, I will use peace as my beacon and democracy as my compass. I will be dedicated to practicing the four pillars of peace. And we share a deep and abiding interest in preserving peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait, just as the U.S.-Taiwan friendship is long-standing and rock-solid. Vice President Lai and members of your delegation, I hope you enjoy your stop in New York and safe travels onward to Paraguay. I look forward to seeing you soon in San Francisco. During Lai's whirlwind 25-hour stopover, he hosted a banquet, watched a baseball game, and met with young Taiwanese Americans. He made few other public appearances. According to Washington-based think tank scholar Bonnie Glazer, keeping low-key was a deliberate decision. This transit is very low-key uh, as a result of consultations between Taipei and Washington, and that both sides think that this is um, in the best interests uh, of, of Taiwan and the United States. And one of those external factors uh, is Taiwan's election. And another external factor is the fact that the United States and China are working toward a possible visit by Xi Jinping to attend APEC in November. All of these things have to be uh, taken into account. There had been strong calls from Taiwanese expats for a lie to go to Washington, but the visit did not materialize. According to Glazer, this had nothing to do with China. There is a long-standing practice of presidents from uh, Taiwan and, and vice presidents um, not not being permitted to uh, to travel through Washington, D.C. So this is not a decision that was made because the United States does not want to 
uh, in any way uh, upset China at this particular moment. But even without going to D.C., Lai drew shows of force from Beijing, ranging from military drills to protests in New York. Glazer denounced China's actions. China's stance uh, opposing this transit is quite unreasonable. My own view is that they essentially made such harsh statements publicly that they backed themselves into a corner. Glazer said that in Taiwan's 2024 election, the U.S. does not favor any candidate. She called on Beijing to also refrain from intervening. Kaohsiung's Asia New Bay Area is getting an upgrade. The executive yuan has approved an initiative to strengthen the area's industrial ecosystem. Vice Premier Deng Wenchan headed to Kaohsiung on Monday to attend a briefing for potential investors. With assistance from the economics ministry, many large firms have shown willingness to invest in Kaohsiung, which has become an engine for southern Taiwan's economy. It has become an important base for Taiwan's new southbound policy. We must seize this critical moment for Kaohsiung's development and gain an edge in global competitiveness. Companies all see why we are working hard to push for smart solutions. All business leaders here today know that it is essential to move in this direction. The development plan initially called for 10.7 billion NT over in funds over five years, but it was later expanded to 17 billion NT over seven years. The plan is expected to attract investments of 55 billion and drive 220 billion NT in output value. It's also set to create 4,200 job opportunities. The 2023 Hakka Expo had its grand opening in Taoyuan last Friday. The inaugural event was a showcase of Hakka culture as well as unique performances from South Korea and Japan. The Taoyuan city government had invited in troops from its sister cities. The shows got the expo off to a thrilling start while also fostering city-to-city -city ties. Performers from South Korea take to the stage, instantly charging the crowd. They perform traditional Korean dance to a lively rhythm, whipping up the atmosphere. This is the Handere Madang Performing Arts Group, which was designated an official art group of North Gyeongsang Province two years ago. It has performed in more than 20 countries. The art troupe was established in Gumi City in 1993. North Gyeongsang Province designated it as an official art group in 2021. It is composed of young traditional musicians supported by the Gumi city government. It has put on more than 200 performances in more than 20 countries. Through the Taoyuan city government's invitation to participate in the 2023 Hakka Expo, we hope to deepen cultural exchanges between Taoyuan and Gumi. This is an opportunity for the residents of Taoyuan to get acquainted with South Korea's traditional culture. Performers from Japan thrill the crowd as they move from the seats to the stage. A captivating beat is brought to life by both young and old, male and female, on traditional instruments and taiko. For the audience, it's a trip straight to Japan. This performance has over 300 years of history and has been recognized as a cultural heritage. The taiko that you hear are by a traditional performance arts group that has been passed down for more than 300 years of history in Choshi City. Thank you all very much for giving us this opportunity to perform here. 
The 2023 Hakka Expo will run for 66 days, from August 11th to October 15th. Last week, it kicked off with fanfare in Taoyuan. The city government invited the Choshi Hanedaiko Troupe and South Korea's Handure Madang Performing Arts Group to participate in the expo. Last year in July, Choshi City and Taoyuan became sister cities, cementing a fast bond of friendship. In the future, I hope that Choshi City and Taoyuan will have more exchanges and deeper exchanges in a variety of fields. Right now, we're engaging in mutual visits in both a virtual and physical format in various fields such as culture, education, smart city ventures, and airport city projects. We will continue to conduct exchanges. The Taoyuan city government invited unique performance groups from its sister cities to perform, aiming to spark dialogue with Hakka culture. It hopes to use Taiwan as a springboard for connections with Hakka culture around the world. Students at a Kaohsiung College are preparing to take their own solar car to Australia for the race of a lifetime. Their electric car Apollo No. 9 runs on sunshine and it charges its own battery when the sun is out. In Australia, it will take on the desert racetrack of more than 3,000 kilometers and race against competitors from all over the world. Let's visit Kaohsiung University of Science and Technology to see the team put the finishing touches on their baby before its big trip. The solar-powered electric car Apollo No. 9 has a top speed of 110 kilometers per hour. The solar battery on its roof automatically charges on a clear day. The dozen-strong team carries out the final preparations with the utmost care, getting the vehicle ready to travel. They're heading to Australia for a competition this October, a huge event in the global solar car development field. The difficulty level at the competition is world-renowned because the course is more than 3,000 kilometres long and it passes through desert areas that are completely uninhabited. The driver will wear this safety helmet. We will install these metal anti-rolling discs on the whole car to minimise the risk of the driver getting injured if the car takes a crash or rolls over. NKUST professor Ai He Chang has been teaching students how to research and develop solar vehicles for 25 years. He says the race in Australia won't be a test of speed, it's about endurance. You can't charge the battery every day, so if the weather conditions are bad and there's not enough sunshine coming down, how can you make the best use of your limited electricity to keep your vehicle moving? The electric products are mainly the repair tools on the car and some material backups for replacements. The Apollo team are excited to head down under to represent Taiwan. That 3,000-kilometer track will be a huge test, putting the vehicle at the mercy of the weather and the elements. Xinzhu City Mayor Ann Gao has been charged for corruption and forgery during her time as a legislator. Following an investigation, the Taipei District Prosecutor's Office found probable cause to suspect her of deducting assistance wages for personal use. She's accused of fraudulently collecting more than 460,000 NT. In response, Gao blasted the district prosecutor's office for what she called the sloppy handling of her case. She said the prosecution did not allow her to fully explain her side. She vowed to defend herself in court, seeking justice and providing her innocence. In accordance to the Local Government Act, Gao would lose her public office if she receives a prison term in the first trial. 
DBS Bank has completed the acquisition of Citigroup's consumer banking business in Taiwan. That means Citi's 44 branches in the country will now be operated by DBS Taiwan, and about 3,000 Citi employees are now working for DBS. The acquisition is expected to make DBS Taiwan the sixth biggest bank in Taiwan by credit card numbers. At a transfer ceremony on Monday, executives from DBS Singapore announced a capital injection of 52 billion NT into its Taiwan business, showing its commitment to expanding operations in the country. DBS Taiwan has completed the acquisition of Citigroup's consumer banking business. To mark the transfer, executives from DBS in Singapore traveled to Taiwan to take part in a ceremony. To ensure that DBS has enough capital to continue developing here, we increased our Taiwan capital by 52 billion NT. Showing its commitment to expanding in Taiwan, DBS announced an injection of 52 billion NT to cover acquisition and post-merger expenses. DBS entered the Taiwan market in 1983, and its first subsidiary started operating in 2012. Earlier this year, the banking group acquired City Consumer Taiwan, marking its 40th anniversary in the market. The acquisition has boosted the scale of DBS's asset management operations to over 280 billion NT. Its loan balance has risen to 740 billion NT, and its deposit balance is now at 830 billion NT. In addition, the number of credit card accounts it operates has increased nearly five-fold. City cardholders will retain their rights and benefits for the most part, with changes only to annual fees for some types of cards. Clients will also have to re-register to use the DBS online banking app. The transfer of client data from one bank to the other took about two days and was completed by 9 a.m. on Monday. City had a lot of data to process, there were a lot of clients, but with careful planning, we managed to do it. Now cardholders can continue using their cards without any problems. The next bills they will receive will be issued by DBS Taiwan. As for debit cards, new ones will be issued. In the first month, we will of course have to settle everyone in, but we hope we'll be able to see some results by the fourth quarter. Back in June, the biggest banks in Taiwan by number of credit cards saw Cathay United Bank in the lead, followed by CTBC Bank. DBS Taiwan came in at number 16. But after acquiring more than 2 million cards from City Consumer Taiwan, it's expected to crack the top six in the updated list in August. A big change earlier this year saw Taipei Fubon Bank edge past Taixing Bank and rise to number four after securing a co-branded credit card agreement with Costco. With the merger and an expiring Costco partnership, August could become the biggest month in history for transitioning to a new credit card issuer. Today we meet one of the global professionals who has made Taiwan their home. Hardware engineer Terence Rodriguez is a globally renowned tech expert. Working for Google, he contributed to apps that people use every day like Google Maps. He grew up in India and the U.S. and had made a name for himself by the age of 30. Later in life, he decided to make his third home in Taiwan. The beauty of the Chinese language attracted him, as well as the pleasant conditions of life in Taiwan. In 2018, he was awarded a permanent residence card for his huge achievements in the tech sector. So I've been to more than 40 countries in the world, but one of my favorite places in the world is what I'm going to spell out right now. 
After traveling to dozens of nations around the world, Terence Rodriguez says Taiwan is his favorite country. Fantastic place to live. Having grown up in India and the U.S., seven years ago, Rodriguez fulfilled a professional dream by taking up a position here in Taiwan. His affinity with the country goes back to his student years in the U.S. when he came here for one year to learn Chinese. Taidong, Tainan, Alishan. Taidong, Tainan, Alishan, Taizhong, Hualien. My favorite place is Liuqiu Island. He's made his career in the cutting-edge communications industry. Taiwan's impressive transport network and warm industrious culture make it the perfect place for him to do great things. Taiwan had a really good, uh, well-developed tech sector and world-class manufacturing facilities, right? and so that spoke to my interest in technology. So I was always interested in finding a job opportunity in Taiwan. And so when I found it, I said, I have to take that job opportunity because it allowed me to work as an engineer, but also I could live in Taiwan and study Mandarin in a local setting. And I could also learn about a new culture. So all those reasons in total said I have to be here in Taiwan. Rodriguez says that when he first heard Chinese spoken, the hairs on the back of his neck stood up. From that moment on, he was inspired by the beauty of Chinese to travel to Taiwan. Now, this is his third home in the world. He is part of the team that developed the Google Maps Navigator, which is his way of making Taiwan more visible to other global travelers and explorers. The guest list is out for the presidential office's sleepover program. From September to December, 15 groups of participants from 12 countries will stay overnight at the presidential office building. They include the creators of educational YouTube channel ASAF Science. There's also an award-winning Thai chef and a Japanese couple who have made Taiwan their second home. The presidential office sleepover program takes applications from foreign nationals. Selected participants are required to produce content based on their experience in Taiwan. Expanding my mental and physical borders. He's traversed a desert, gotten up close with firefighters on duty, and filmed the destruction of war in Syria. Now this Dutch YouTuber will be spending a night in Taiwan's presidential office building. Because I already go to Taiwan this October, it would be very nice to also get this experience to sleep in the presidential building. If you want to feel a fun, then I can give you a good reaction. With humorous songs and quirky videos, this Canadian duo makes science fun. They run a renowned YouTube channel with more than 1.04 million subscribers. They too will be sleeping over. Also on the guest list is Ku, a French YouTuber living in Taiwan. There's also a Thai chef whose eatery topped Asia's 50 best restaurants in 2023. He can't wait to explore Taiwan's food scene. This year's edition has participants from a wide variety of backgrounds. We've got key opinion leaders in intellectual topics. For example, we have a science influencer who's looking forward to sleeping at the presidential office building and visiting the Taiwan Space Agency. This one-of-a-kind experience will be held for the second time ever after a hiatus of four years. The guests hail from 12 countries, including Canada, the U.S., Japan, France, South Korea and Thailand. This time around, there are participants from four new countries, Slovakia, the Netherlands, Malaysia and Vietnam. 
The 15 groups of participants will start arriving in Taiwan in September to sleep over at the presidential office building. Butler service will be included. Once again, the presidential office building will host visitors for an overnight stay in hopes of showcasing Taiwan to the world. A new tourist flight will take to the skies over Hengchun this September. The local government has teamed up with an airline to offer 13 special aerial tours of the region. Hengchun is one of Taiwan's most popular tourist spots famed for its beautiful beaches. But officials hope the aerial tour will generate excitement even for those already familiar with the area. There are just 117 spots up for grabs, so this exclusive experience is bound to sell out fast. Seen from above, the coast is a meandering line of green fields against a blue sea. We fly over Hengchun Old City, the beauty of Taiwan's southernmost coast filling the horizon. This Italian jet, dubbed the Ferrari of the skies, carries passengers at just 3,000 metres above the sea to enjoy this amazing view. Pingdong County is working with an airline to launch these aerial tours of Hengchun in September, giving visitors a new angle on the scenic region. We will offer 13 flights over three days. Each flight will have space for nine passengers. The cabin is extremely comfortable. The tour takes 30 minutes and there are just 117 spots available. The flight takes off from Hengchun Airport before circling landmarks like the town's old city wall, South Bay, Eurambi Lighthouse and Lungpan Park. Everyone generally just visits the mountains and the beach or a few set destinations. Have you ever seen Hengchun's beauty from the sky? You can have an experience unlike other people's. Come and give it a try. The brand new event promises a view of Hengchun as you've never seen it before.